Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, April 3rd. Uh, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California. Beautiful sunny day here in Santa Monica. Leanne, you're in, in Pasadena. It's pretty much all about you today, as far as we can tell. We, we haven't even talked to you about your momentous trip, because we want to save it all for the show, because that's the way we roll here at Satellite Sisters. That's true. There have been a couple of fleeting texts, but yes. no actual conversation no. since I got home from D.C. late Thursday night, late no. Wednesday night. So we are hearing it all here for the first time, and Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. Also, it's all new to you, right? I am dying to hear what happened in Washington, Leon. I've been so worried because, as you know, I sent you a text as soon as things started to happen, and then, then nothing. Yeah, radio so, silence. Yeah, that was really. There's I, a reason for that. I'm going to explain it all. Yes, is I it was... possible? I, I just okay. Okay, so we have Leon goes to Washington. You know, the world needs to know. Then uh, we are announcing a spring contest for Satellite Sisters. We're calling it Satellite Sisters Celebrations. It's the time of year where you might want to be thinking about the perfect gift item for many of the people in your lives, for your graduates, for your moms, for, you know, wedding showers, all bridesmaids, all kinds of things. We happen to have that totally covered for you. It's called our book, You're the Best. So we're going to tell you about our contest celebrations. Julie? You got a note from your neighbor? That's never a good sign, I think. I, I, I need a ruling, sisters. I don't want to overreact to this. I want to be a good neighbor. You know, I'm in a new neighborhood. I know. Okay? I, but I need, I, need, I need a ruling on this. <laughs> okay. Last Sunday, I mentioned that this weekend I was going to be trying Aqua Zumba for the very first time. I got some encouragement and some warnings from the Satellite Sisterhood on the on the Facebook page and from you, Leanne. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so yes. I do want to, I'll, I'll fill you in on uh, my experience at Aqua Zumba. And Leanne, something you're calling the great pin incident of 2016. It's just a feel-good story for the end of the show. Oh, <laughs> So good. Okay. All right. We're feeling okay, good. Mainly we're feeling like we need to know what happened to you this week. All right. Well, I did go to Washington, D.C. this week as part of the American Women for International Understanding, an NGO I belong to. There was an event in Washington, D.C. I was invited to the International Women of Courage Awards, and that was going to be at the State Department on Tuesday. And um, it's a pretty special event. It's been going on for 10 years. The U.S. State Department identifies women, about a dozen this year, 14 women from across the globe who are really inspirational female leaders, and they bring them to the United States. There's a ceremony at the State Department. This year it was Secretary Kerry. And then because it was the 10th anniversary, they did a series of forums and Vice President Biden spoke. And so it was kind of a big deal. And I got a slot uh, as part of my organization. I got two tickets. So I looked at my 18-year-old son, Colin. It happened to be his spring break. He's very interested in um, politics and foreign affairs. And I said, do you want to go to Washington for spring break? And he said, yeah, we're in. So Colin and I went. Very exciting. And, And we left Easter Day because we only got the tickets about 10 days before 
the event. And I'm not sure if you know this, Liz, but apparently Washington is a very, very popular <laughs> destination <laughs> for point. spring break. For spring break during CB cherry blossom, <laughs> cherry <right>? blossom season. <laughs> I mean. I looked at the plane fares and everything. We used every point. We used every mile we had to make this trip happen, but we did it. So that's why we had to leave at the crack of dawn Easter morning. It was literally the only flight we could get from Los Angeles. So uh, it was fine. We got their beautiful, beautiful weather. Okay, those cherry blossoms, those are top notch. I mean, we didn't even know what really what the story was. We finally had to say, what's the deal with these cherry blossoms? How long have they been here? We didn't had no idea. And every single person in America was in Washington, D.C. looking at the cherry blossoms. Actually, now that you raised that issue, what is the story? Like, did they come from somewhere specific? Were they a gift from another nation? Is there a, is there a history? Liz, fortunately, there's a plaque. You know, somewhere oh. on that mall, there is going to be a plaque. And we walked the whole mall. We walked from uh, Washington to Jefferson to Lincoln and back again. And uh, they were a gift from the nation of Japan, the great island nation of Japan in, 18, in 1912. So they're about 100 years old. Now, I'm guessing they've been added to over time. But it's spectacular. I mean, good good job, Japan, because they are great. Like, that's a good gimmick, the cherry blossoms. They were completely beautiful, and they're planted around that tidal basin. And so when you're at the Jefferson Monument in particular, it's just a stunning view. And um, it was just it's just scads and scads and scads of people of all all kinds of people there to see the the cherry blossoms so we had a really exciting first night but we knew we needed to get a good night's sleep because i had arranged a tour of the capitol with our congressperson you were pretty proudly in that you had gotten it together to contacting your congressperson to be able to tour the Capitol. I was because we didn't have a ton of time. And there's uh-huh. like a warning on the website, like this could take months. And our, it was very, I guess Congress is in recess this week uh, or maybe this year. I'm not sure. And uh, <laughs> and so they responded right away. Oh, Monday afternoon, we'd be happy to have you. So, and if you know anything about teenagers and traveling west to east, you know that that three hour time changed Ooh. the first morning. <laughs> it's Ooh. not even worth trying to get them up. Like I, really? I let him sleep till 10 and he looks at me and goes, I thought you were going to let me sleep in. I was like, it's 10 o'clock. We're in the nation's capital. Get up. Get up. Get going. And, then, and again, the backstory is you never got to go on the family trip to DC. So this was your moment, Leon. This was it. I mean, I've been back since and he actually went with my husband a couple years ago. I was on a work trip. So Barrick took the boys on a trip to DC, which I've come to find out they went to see every single thing in Washington, DC in 36 hours. Cause I kept saying, Hey, do you want to go to the national archives? Been there. Hey, do you want to been there? But we thought, well, on our way to the Capitol, we were staying right downtown near the white house. We'll stop. We'll go to the um, air and space museum. Oh my gosh. Again, every person in America was in Washington, (laughs) D.C. So the line for the Air and Space Museum was like out the door, wrapped around the clock, (laughs) down the mall. Uh, So we went to the Hirshhorn um, Sculpture Garden and Gallery where no one was. So that we enjoyed that. You got to pick and choose. It's like going to Disney World, Leon. You know, not everybody's going to get on the Dumbo ride. You got to, you got to go to some of those other uh, rides. Well, we didn't want to be late for the Capitol tour. They had sent us like take a long time. We actually meet. I, I didn't really understand. We were getting a private tour from the congressman's intern. Oh, uh, wow! So you go to the office. 
you actually go to the congressman's office. It's in the Rayburn building right next door. And then the, the intern walks you through uh, the Congress. I didn't know what was happening because, again, I'd never been there before because <laughs> I missed that family trip to Washington, D.C. So we get because there. Because you were four. Okay. Yeah. So you probably we get there crazy early because we're early and they, they make it sound like we're going to have to go through a lot of security. And because every person in America is in Washington, D.C., I'm like, we better get there early. But we got there. It's, we got there really early which proved to be interesting timing because the intern said, well, the other family canceled, so it's just you, so I guess I can take you now. And we're like, okay. And the intern, <laughs> well, he was adorable. He uh, graduated from the University of Puget Sound from Portland, Oregon. He looked exactly like Colin. They were literally wearing the same jacket. <laughs> so he, he was it's like, a good role model for your son. It was. It was like Colin five years from now. So we got sort of the cynical, I don't really want to be here, congressional intern tour. Which oh, was that's fun. nice. It was good for us. We didn't, he said, I-, I can tell you guys don't need to go in and see the movie because it's at like a sixth grade level. Can we skip that? We're like, yeah, let's just skip the movie. Yeah, just skip it. Let's just go. And so we're, there are so many people in the Capitol. It's on its entire, you know, seventh grade school trips and things like that, like tons of school trips. And so, you know, thousands of people, we are bobbing and weaving and serpentining, you know, trying to get around crowds. We did a good job. And like, but I have to say, it's pretty great. The Capitol, I, I didn't know, for instance, that the original Supreme Court is in the Capitol. Did you? No, did not know that. Never never heard that fact before. The intern knew that and shared that with you? Yeah, well, we got to see it. The room where, you know, Dred Scott was decided and where John Marshall, where Marshall presided. It's tiny. And like many, many rooms in the Capitol, there is no natural lighting. But uh, so it's really, that was very moving to see. And then we saw the original Senate house, the floor of the Senate, which is very small. And they have the desks there and the senators that went on to become presidents, they have books, just simply books on their desks. So, you know, you know, which ones went on to become president. So it's very moving, despite the fact that there were millions of people there. (laughs) Now, in all of this going through the Capitol, you go, we went through two security checkpoints, one to go through the tunnels underground, because we took the tunnels from the Rayburn building, where our cynical intern told us there's also a tram, because many, many of the Congress people are too old and lazy to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you don't get that kind of commentary on the regular tour, Liam. This is only on the VIP tour. It's only, yeah, too old. Uh, And and then, uh, so we went through security there and we went through security again. um, And after the world's fastest tour was done, he said, I'm sure you're going to want to go into the house galleries, you know, to actually see either the house of the state either send you to the House of the Senate or the House of Representatives. And, um, but to do that, it's an extra level of security. And you, and so he said, I'm going to leave you here because I can't give up my cell phone. I need to be on my phone for the office all day. But, you know, it was great meeting you. Have a good tour. And what's only interesting about this, Liz, is about 10 minutes before this had happened, I said to him, looking around at the hordes of human beings in the Capitol, I was like, do you ever worry about security here? Uh-huh. And he said, no, this is the safest place in Washington, D.C., the Capitol, really? Capitol okay. Hill, because we have our own police force. We have so many security checkpoints. I never think about it. I never worry about it. Okay, this is the big buildup. I feel like we should have the law and order music. (laughs) (laughs) So 
so we we decided, yeah, let's go in and see where the president gives the State of the Union. That'll be fun to do. So we hand over our um, our cell phones, but they take everything. They take you know earbuds. They take your house, your car keys if they have keyless remote entry. They take iPods, anything that could be used as any kind of detonator, basically. Oh, wow. Anything, so anything with an electrical charge. So um, so th- we did that, and here's the key. And then we got our claim check. Because, because <laughs> after the incident, that claim check becomes very important to me. Uh, we get our claim check for box F8 and we go and we, there's no tour and like no one talks to you. You just walk in and you make the same observation. You think, really, this is so much smaller. It looks so big on TV and we're up in the galleries and where you have to sit. You can't really wander around. You just have to sit in a single seat because there are a lot of, a lot of officers already in the house galleries. I, I'm sure this is the same in the police staff. officers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there the, anyone on the floor of the house, or because there were they're in a recess? couple of really? It was in recess. So just some old people wandering around. Just, yeah. <laughs> still trying to leave the last session. Too old. <laughs> Too old to walk out of the, the house no, chambers. There were some people, obviously, who had real VIP tours around the house because we were on the floor because we were kind of jealous because they could go up and stand on the podium and pretend to be addressing Congress. So we sat there for like ten minutes and then we left and we thought we'll go get our stuff and we're done. And maybe now we can get into the Air and Space Museum. And as you're leaving, there's a hallway and there's a great view of the Supreme Court building. Again, who knew? It was right behind. Who knew? I didn't know that it was the new one was right behind Capitol Hill. So I look out and I went, oh, what? And then I see it. It's like a dozen police officers, gun drawn, guns drawn, you know, um, uh, police cars all over the place. And then a guard comes out and starts yelling at those of us who are leaving. We're not in a group. We're just allowed to move freely. She said, come back, come back, come back. And so we had to turn around. And as we were sort of walking quickly, uh, the police officer starts motioning us, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get in the gallery. And they literally lock us all in the gallery. So there are 200 of us there. Um, And again, entire school field trips, a few people on the floor. um, And then there must be... Can I just... Sorry, I hate to interrupt. Can I just say... What are the chances that after all these years I know. wanting to get to Washington and get the official tour of the Capitol and everything, that you would be there when there was a major police incident? You would literally get locked inside the Capitol. It's pretty slim, Liz, because the last shooting at the Capitol was 1998. Oh. And that is why they compl- they built this new visitor center where the actual incident happened. It's a whole new entry now to the Capitol. Again, we went in through the Rayburn building, but most people go in through this kind of underground bunker that fa- and security checkpoint that took six years to build, and it was millions of dollars over budget. At least that's what my cab driver told me. Uh, <laughs> and so that there was a barrier, a security barrier. It used to be that you just sort of lined up right outside where the congressmen and the senators were coming in and out. And after the shooting in 98 and then 2001, they approved the budget to go through with this. So what had actually happened was a guy who had had previous incidents there in a history of mental illness was coming in through the security checkpoint. So it worked. You know, it beeped and he took out what proved to be just like a plastic gun. It wasn't an actual, it wasn't a, it wasn't a handgun. It was like a pellet gun, but, uh, the, the police officer there drew on him and shot him. He was, he was not killed, but, um, 
So the security worked, but that's what had happened. So yeah, you're right. What are the chances, Liz? That's but Leon, what are you thinking at that moment now that you're you know you're locked in the Capitol? The are only moment think- that was kind of weird was when the police officer was hurrying us because we were walking orderly, orderly, and when he starts to go, come on, come on, come on, there was a moment of panic. Um, but it was wrapped up, and then the then the security guard next to me uh, said, in case we need it. There are um, gas masks under every seat <gasps> in the oh, house. brother. Oh. Yeah. So that, I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh. So did they let you down onto the floor of the house for that? No, that would be good. They didn't. That was, I mean, in 10 minutes, the whole thing was wrapped up. So you had communication through the security force. A little. That, a a little. That, they so thought- they knew it wasn't part of a larger attack. That's what I was worried about. When, when I first started to see, see those news bulletins, you know, you wonder whether this one one shooting incident is part of a, you know a, a multiple attack. So that's you didn't clearly think- that's clearly where we got all locked down, and yeah. they virtually told us nothing for the first ten minutes, and then they said, "All right, the situation is cleared, but you have to remain." So that's all we knew. It yeah. was not a lot. It was not. So we knew after ten minutes that everything was should be fine. Um, but it took another hour to leave to evacuate everybody. Um, and then when we evacuated us, we couldn't go back down through the place where we had checked our phones. Everyone just had to leave. And, you know, we just lost our phones, but there are other people down in the, uh, I guess, in closer to the incident, they were just evacuated. There were baby carriages and backpacks and, you know, people had their, their keys, their house keys and car keys were still there. So they couldn't leave. And as we were leaving, they said, Justice, just come back later for your stuff. Later. Later. Okay. All right. I have to tell you when one of the first news bulletins that came out, that there was a woman that was hurt in the incident as, as well. And I had been texting you and hadn't heard from you. And they described the woman, and I know this is terrible, but they said she was between the ages of 35 and 40. And I thought, oh, well, if that is Leon, she's going to be very pleased with that description. (laughs) Along that note, at one point, you know, I have my pocketbook. They have not confiscated, you know, they just took the phones out. So I'm putting on lipstick and Colin's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because in case we get interviewed by CNN, I got to be camera ready. Oh, and don't you know when we came out, who's the first person they interviewed? Me. Thank you very much. Agence France. That Agence Press. Agence France Press. Yes. Oh, and did you do the interview in French? Come on. No, because it was no. like two young, like 12-year-old American girls. One was the camera and one was the producer. But I did, in fact, get interviewed. So don't worry, Julie. I'm glad. You're right. I was thinking, I got to put some lipstick on. But it was was very disorienting. I have to say, when we left the building, we, A, really didn't know what happened. We didn't know if anybody, we knew there was a shooting. We had heard that on the radio, but we didn't know if anybody had been killed or seriously injured or how many people were involved. We had no phones. We were pretty sure. We asked the security guard, are we going to be able to find out what happened here? And he goes, oh, yeah, this is going to be on the news. But that's all they told us. They didn't give us any of the parameters while we were there. Right. And you don't have your phone, so you can't look it up the way you normally would. You can't. And you can't, you can't, you know, check in with your people. Yeah. We thought about going back to the Rayburn building, but Colin said, well, first we had to get a beverage because we were thirsty. I got a real Coca-Cola. That's how, that's how shaky I was after that incident. And then, 
I said, you know, I think I'll just stay until quote later and um, see if we can get our phones. Cause the truth is we have to be at the state department the next day at 9 AM. Like, and I was in charge of the social media for the event for our team, which was impossible to do if you don't have a phone. Like, <laughs> so yes. it's not like I'm so crazed with the phone, but you want to check in with people, and there was sort of a part of my job that was important. Colin went off to the Air and Space Museum, and he's like, well, this is kind of weird. I'm just going off. Like, I go, yeah, I went to Europe without a phone. So you can do it. <laughs> the Air and Space Museum. That's true. He's probably never been out in the world on his own without a phone. For him. Right. It's just, well, you don't know what time it is anymore. We're like, you don't have a map to Washington, D.C. because you have your phone. So it's just a whole bunch of things you sort of take. We didn't know how to get anywhere. Like the next day, I was like, I have no idea where the State Department is. <laughs> so, Plus, um, we were texting you just trying to establish some sort of contact. Yeah. And you can't text us back and say, they took my phone. No. For obvious reasons. Yeah. The, there so, were people posting questions about your, your whereabouts on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group we didn't know where you were so yeah it's yeah so it it was you know it was never felt life-threatening but it was disorienting and I I had to I waited around for two hours the first day to get my phone and all I have is that claim check I have so I kept why why couldn't they just give you back your phone because it was as the police officer said well it's a crime scene now so you can't go back in there it's a crime scene I mean they evacuated the building and so they and they it was a they made, I mean, I'm just walking up to people, showing them this claim check. Like it's some sort of official ID. It's just a bright orange laminated claim check that says F8. And I was holding up like, hi, um, I have this claim check. And it's just as good as a passport. Seems good. So good. So good, Liz. So, uh, and then that night I, we had to go to a little a happy hour thing for the organization I was with. So then I went to back and got Colin and at dinner, we just kept looking at each other and basically asking ourselves the same question you asked Liz, like, what are the chances? <laughs> like yeah. we were early for the tour. Had we not been early, if we'd gotten into air and space, we wouldn't have been, you know, there. We right. would have, it was just everything about the it. The surly just, intern bailed yeah. on you. There he was, was a- I, I don't want to, he wasn't surly. Oh, he was okay. in a, so oh, I, sorry. Yes, sorry. Very nice to us. He just he he was suspicious of the allegory of the of American history. So oh, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, but all of it was a little disorienting. So the next morning, uh, I thought, well, that will be later. I actually took like three walks around the Capitol building, which is quite a long trip around now they had a lot of roads closed to try to get back in with the phone and finally somebody said you no way we're gonna you have to gonna come back tomorrow everything that's left in there has to be cataloged by oh, the capitol police every baby carriage every backpack every lunch bag everything <clears throat> so i came back at 7 a.m the capitol police could not have been nicer uh, they took me, I got to see some parts of the Capitol no one's ever seen before on the tour. Oh, I went there, a police station right under the Capitol building. That's where their headquarters is. And I love this moment when the White Hat, when the Capitol tour guides 
brought the Capitol Police officers two giant boxes of Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> as, as a thank you for the good work they had done the day before. Huh. I was like, look at that. That's a nice moment. There are a lot of wonderful people working in our government, and it's easy to say they're not, but they were great to us. And um, and But they couldn't get me in because the sergeant at arms of the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. So I finally went back the third day. <laughs> Gee. I mean, had I known we were going, I was going to be walking to Capitol Hill, I would have stayed a little bit closer. <laughs> but the third day I went back, I thought, oh, it'll be early. I'll, it'll be no problem. It opens at nine. You know, we had to get on a plane that day. And um, there were hundreds of people in the security line when I got there. Hundreds at uh, at like quarter of eight. And... Um, but I showed the Capitol Police my claim check. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a magic pass. And they whisked me right in. They said, oh, you don't have to wait in that line. Oh, come on. We're going to get you your phones. Don't worry. He even held my coffee while I went through security. Then another guy came and they took me back. And the boss had been wondering where, where we were. And they had locked our phones in the boss's office. So I went through a break room. Like, <laughs> I saw it all. Wow. So there, I was safe. Everything was fine. Uh, it was just more uh, interesting than, you know, kind of unsettling than scary. But yeah. thanks for all the Facebook postings. But yeah. yeah. Well, thank goodness everything was okay. Yeah. yeah. You so know, I, you do. Yeah. You know, I was thinking it's just very, you're very vulnerable. But the system did work. You know, the security system worked. They, you know, I mean, the guy, you know, he was, that was unfortunate. This is the second incident he'd had at the Capitol. But uh, the security did work. So as much as people whine and complain, it worked in that case. It could have been much, much worse. So, but now on to the real reason uh, we were there was for the International Women of Courage celebration. So the next day we just, we we got in our best uh, navy blue outfits and our suits and we looked spit and polished and we got to uh, the State Department bright and early. And it was just an amazing day. I think for Colin, it was an eye-opening experience into the world of diplomacy and how things like uh, citizen diplomacy and the State Department works and the kind of issues that people are working on on a day-to-day -day basis that don't always get a lot of press you know, that take a very long time to work on. And uh, it was incredible, I have to say, to see up close people like Secretary Kerry and Joe Biden. You know, Secretary Kerry, uh, not exactly a dynamo on television, but um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic in person. Oh, uh, good, good he, report. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was really, really surprised. Uh, he was personable and smart and compassionate. This is obviously the women that they picked this year uh, represented basically three areas of um, of work that our State Department is doing with other countries in terms of women's rights and human rights. One was corruption busting, uh, one was human rights, and then one was legal issues. So it was just the the women they the women they picked were extraordinary and they were simple. Julie, one was a bookstore owner from Thailand. Um, but the simple act of owning a bookstore in Thailand had gotten her into a lot of trouble with the military junta there that's been in power for the last couple of years. She'd been uh, sent to military camps twice for, quote, attitude readjustments. Really? And, yeah, she lives in Chiang Mai. Her bookstore has, you know, serves as a place for uh, discussions about democracy, 
They carry all kinds of political texts there. And, uh, but that was kind of her act of courage, which I thought was in- incredibly, you know, powerful that just simply, you know, owning a bookstore, uh, could, could get the attention, the bad attention of your government, but the great attention of our government. Another woman was, um, Oh my gosh, she was a doctor from Iraq, uh, a gynecologist, and she's been working with, um, the women and girls who've been enslaved by ISIS. She's been, oh my gosh. I mean, (laughs) seriously. You, you've posted a lot of these profiles on our Facebook group, Leanne, and they're so amazing to read. It is amazing. I mean, these are people really down on the ground, you know. These are not necessarily people who are household names, even in their own country, but this, you know, she's trying to do therapy for these women when they come back from, you know, these two years of sexual enslavement by, it, it's interesting to note, the woman from Iraq calls ISIS Desh. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's what she calls them. And, uh, and to hear her story of, you know, not only offering help, but therapy, which is very unusual in those communities, not something people seek out to do. So she had an amazing story. Um, there were several journalists there, including Julia, a young Russian journalist whose mm-hmm. husband, whose father, I'm sorry, uh, had been assassinated, Zana Nemtsova. And uh, um, her, her father was Boris Nemtsov. Who is a oh yes yeah Russian opposition mm-hmm. politician and and, uh, and she's just trying to get justice and uh, that has made her a political exile. She had to move to Germany and she's just trying to expose uh, Putin's government. She's trying to expose the Russian um, judicial process and the press. Why can't she get any justice or answers about her father's assassination? Uh, another woman was, uh, she's a, you know, she started off as essentially a social worker in Slovakia, but she's really been on the front lines of welcoming Syrian refugees there. Uh, you know, another woman was, uh, a tea, they call her the tea lady in the Sudan. She sells tea in the marketplace and she was tired of paying, you know, the fees to the government officials that forced her to give some of her profits. They're basically shaking her down for money. So she resisted. She went to prison for four years. Oh, my God. No, now she comes out and she runs a collective with 8,000 women working in this collective selling tea. And they refuse to pay the government any money now. They're not being shaken down. She's, you know, opened up avenues of revenue sources for women in her country. I mean, it was just story after story like that. And, and you know, it just is, it's enlightening. It makes you think about your place in the world. Some of these, you know, most of these women were sort of accidental, you know, women of courage as the, the one woman who, um, uh, yeah, the one with the, the social worker from Slovakia was like, I don't think of myself as courageous. You know, the refugees, they're courageous. You know, I just am trying to do the right thing. One woman is an immigration officer in Belize, and she's the only female immigration officer in the entire country. And guess what she does? Stops human trafficking because oh. it's a country so rife with corruption and it's so ingrained in the system. That as a woman, she's like, I just couldn't take it anymore when I knew what was going on with the, the immigrants that were coming through, um, coming through my, my station. So, I mean, and then other, like the woman from Bangladesh was a huge lawyer there, taking many important cases to the Supreme Court. She was astonishing. A judge in Guatemala who, uh, was appointed 
by a president that she just put behind bars for corruption, you know? I mean, all great stories, all fantastic stories. And then in the afternoon, they had all kinds of forums and Q&As with these IWOCs, I, that's International Women of Courage, and previous ones. And um, and the best thing was we got to wear those awesome headsets with the simultaneous translation. <laughs> the kinds of things you see when you watch Madam Secretary and Madam she's Secretary. addressing the UN or something. She would be so proud of you, Leanne. She would have been proud. And there were the translators in the soundproof booths going nuts. I loved watching the translators. That was fun. I don't think I've ever seen that, you know, because these women are giving impassioned speeches. And so you see the translators in four languages trying to match their uh, match their um, emotion. And then at the end, Joe Biden came out and spoke for 45 minutes uh, about sort of, you know, the idea that. It's it's just not good enough to say it's cultural or it's tradition or it's religion. There's there's no reason that's no reason to beat someone or enter into a child marriage or you know genital mutilation. I mean the list is pretty rough of things that happen around the world. You know, I said to Colin, well this has been uplifting. <laughs> he but uh, you know he knew he knew it's important. It's important stuff and it's good to know that someone's thinking about it. So it was just all in all a fantastic day. Wow, that That's sounds great, Leon, and what a great experience for your son. It was. It was yeah. great. It was great. And your and your pictures from there, I know that they didn't trickle out till later because well, just one. You had no phone. <laughs> it was killing me, Liz, because upstairs in the State Department, which is kind of a nondescript '60s building, you go upstairs and they've recreated like the glorious days of diplomacy in the early eight, 19th century. The early 18th century. So it's like a whole reproduction room of like what it would be like if it was 1790 in Washington, D.C. I mean, it's unbelievable with antiques and chandeliers and, you know, parquet floors. And there's uh, the desk that they signed the Treaty of France on. And there's Jefferson's writing tablet and, uh, you know, the Martha Washington ladies room. It was unbelievably fantastic. <laughs> Just would like to get back there. The finger foods, the flowers, the marine band. It was fantastic. <laughs> Maybe like diplomacy it. is your thing. Maybe I think you really looked the part in that blue outfit. Thank so I think, I think you could go back. Thank you. I had a snappy scarf on. Uh, I, I noticed that scarf, Leanne. <laughs> French yes. flags. My gifts yes. to the people, the good people of France that helped us become a nation. <laughs> um, so. It's a very thoughtful choice. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> I think it's too late for me, but I'm hopeful for Colin. I think he got a lot out of it. So, but it was just, yeah, it was really an extraordinary experience. And now these women are coming to Los Angeles. So I'm working on an event for them on Thursday night. But so, uh, but I'm very happy to do it. It was really great to be invited. I'm happy to bring it to Satellite Sisters. I'm glad people are interested. Yes, and we've tweeted out some of these things and retweeted things from the State Department. So, listeners, if you see some of these women's profiles, if you if you follow us on Twitter, we're at Sat Sisters. You can retweet those too, because you know Leanne just touched on some of the amazing stories of these women, and it is really worth reading if you it is. Uh, it if is. you're interested. The uh, okay, well, good wrap up. I the you know this week I'm going to DC. I'm sure it will not be nearly as exciting as your trip, except for one thing. Friday night, Satellite Sisters Meetup, Washington, D.C. 
That's right. So if you uh, if you're in the DC or anywhere in the area, you want to come meet us. Um, the all of the information is on the Facebook group. Uh, it's from six to eight p.m. Uh, I think we have about twenty people wow. who, who have RSVP'd. So. So that, yeah, that's a good start, but, um, please. You know, you know. That's a good start. You hear Liz Dolan. She's not, she's not happy with 20. She <laughs> wants more. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, no, I just want, you know, now people have posted like, oh, I'm going to bring my sister or I'm going to bring my husband and that's good. Bring, yeah, bring, bring, bring. So, uh, so that's Friday night and, uh, I'll be there for that. Then I fly home Saturday and Sunday, Leon, we have an event together. We are going to be at the L.A. Times Festival of Books uh, at the Prospect Park Tent. It's our publisher for You're the Best at 11 o'clock. It's nothing fancy. It's completely free. Free. (laughs) Free. (laughs) And we will just be hanging out, so we would love to have you come by. It's an amazing event. You know, you can just check uh, at the L.A. Times site to see the list of other authors there. But I know you're going to want to come for us and stay for us, basically. <laughs> Prospect Park. That's is really the only reason to go to that uh, book fair. Yeah, I don't even. There really are. You never mind. There aren't that many good authors there. So it's just really Liz and I. So it's booth number 103 at 11 a.m. on Sunday. That will be really fun. And uh, we'll sign anything. You can buy books. Uh, because this is the, we were thinking about like the time of year, this is kind of the gatherings and gifts season, you know, when you think about all of the, you know, the graduations and the showers and the bridesmaids luncheons and the weddings and Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, this is the time you really need to stock up on your copies of You're the Best because this is the season of celebrations. Yeah, college reunions. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, graduations, sure. So we got Cinco you covered. De Mayo. Cinco think, de Mayo. I think it would work for Cinco de Mayo as well. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have a contest as we did in the fall. Very simple. What we want to see is your pictures of your celebrations. Like what's going on? What are your fun gatherings? All the things we just named. Uh, you post your photos on either our Facebook group or on Instagram. And our hashtag is hashtag SatSistersYTB. So it'd be good if you put in your note, like, what are you celebrating? What's going on here? So we understand, because you know that the book is called You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. And so any season that's about celebrations is pretty much about friendship too. Wouldn't you say, sisters? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. So So post your photos at the end of April the end of May and the end of June. So for three months, uh, you can post whatever you want. Hashtag sat sisters, YTB. And we'll have a random drawing at the, at the end of each month. And the winner will get a signed book from us. There'll be one winner from Facebook and one winner from Instagram every month. So, uh, we, this is the time of year. Like the, when the, when the graduation photos stop, start popping up, I just always enjoy that. Because you yes. see, like, a, a family moment or, you know, the people, the multiple generation photos gathered around to graduate, all that kind of stuff is, you know, such an important part of what the Satellite Sisterhood is all about. So that's it. It's our Satellite Sisters Celebrations Contest. You can post your photos either on the Facebook group or Instagram, hashtag SatSistersYTB, and we will be... Um, doing random drawings for books for in April, May, and June. So we can't wait to see your photos. 
That sounds good. Well, speaking of uh, celebrations, on a much lighter note, um, I had a I got a notice from one of my neighbors, and I need a ruling from you, sisters, about whether this was over the line or totally appropriate. Here oh. was the here was the note that I got from uh, from a neighbor. It said, uh, "Dear resident, if possible, could you please wait to put out your bulk trash." until uh, late on Sunday afternoon. Now, how it works here in Dallas is once a month, the first full week, uh, first full week of the month, you're allowed to put items out on your, uh, on the curb for bulk trash pickup. And it's bulk trash. It's anything from bags of leaves to, you know, broken furniture, anything in the bulk and trash category. (laughs) It's totally acceptable to have that out on your lawn. Really? Once a month? Once a month. Why? Do you think this is good or bad? We get one pickup a year. Like, oh, okay. Well, well, once a month. That's what we got here. A lot of bulk trash. There. Okay, <laughs> bulk trash. Okay. So the note goes on to say, selfishly, I am hosting an event that day and would love our beautiful street to look nice. I noticed last month that it was the bulk trash was out for twelve days, and that's almost half a month. Hmm. Okay. So. So when I first got this note, I was like, well, I'm all in. I want to be a good neighbor. Okay, that's no problem with me. I won't put my uh, bulk trash out. You know, I want to support that. That's fine. But then I realized where the neighbor was, which is she's not even on my block, okay? She's on a completely separate block. But somehow I guess she was worried that my bulk trash, like if one of her guests turned the wrong way down the street, (laughs) that might be horrified by my bulk trash. And She's trying to make the whole neighborhood go along with this The plan? whole neighborhood. She wanted to. Well, I don't know how many. Uh, all I know is I got a notice and I don't live on her block. So I'm thinking that she really, she decided to um, make, a, you know, a pretty large stand on the bulk trash uh, <laughs> and the pickup. Uh, so am I over the line? to be because after a while I was like well she's not the boss of me I if I want to put my bulk trash out I should be able to put my bulk trash out you know but on the other hand I'd like to be cooperative I understand if you're hosting a little party it's nice now she's not apologizing for her guests parking on the street or anything like that it's just she doesn't want her bulk trash there I don't know what do you think wow she did say thank you (laughs) Yeah, I don't, she doesn't live on your block. It's really not really your issue. I think you can just put it out whenever you want to put it out. I, I mean, right? That's I like mean, nuts. Which I, I think it's sort of over the line. It no, seems yes. a little. It does seem a little over the line. Yeah, yeah. I, I was sort of with you. Like I was halfway there. Like, yeah. well, sure. If my next door neighbor was having a party sure. and they said, "Just wait until yeah. the end of the day because I want it to look nice," of course you would do that. Right. Right. But right. If it's someone who's not my, not really my neighbor. If they're, because if they're trying to not only get me to do that, but everyone in the entire neighborhood is supposed to like redecorate for her party. I'm not sure that's a fair request. What's next? Like make, please make sure you mow your lawns uh, Saturday. So they look good Sunday. Right. I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not Please decorate for the holidays a little better because I'm having a Christmas party. Put them out. I mean, what? So I I know. I, I, I don't know. It just seemed like. So at first I was all in, but then, and I'm not putting my bulk trash out, you know, uh, and yes, uh, it's an easy enough thing to comply with. Right. That's yes. why it's yes. not too far over the line. 
Yeah. But if you're doing yard work on Sundays, maybe you can't wait till late Sunday afternoon. This, this is it, Leon. I mean, that's when you do your yard work. You know, Liz, and you don't, don't really know have a yard. when the uh, yeah, pickup yeah. is going to be. You yeah. have to put it out at the beginning of the week because you never know when they're coming on our street. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think her immediate neighbors, fine. Uh, otherwise, I think you're really off the hook. So, I mean, I <laughs> but, think but you'll do it anyway because yeah, it will make you feel too guilty. That's okay. Yep, of course I did. I I, I want to please. So um, so there is no bulk trash as we speak in front of my in front of my house. This is totally something that would happen in my neighborhood too. So don't worry, it's not just your neighbors. Like yeah, there's people feel free to, to tell you all kinds of things about what you should do with your property in our neighborhood. It's just crazy. So hold the line, Jewel. Hold the line. Okay. That's what I would say. Oh, see, in my building, in my my situation this weekend was I had to negotiate an alternate parking spot because there are repairs being made in the garage to because there are big holes in the ceiling. Don't make me explain, but okay. whatever. And most of them, of course, are directly over my parking space. So they're like, you need to make sure you're not in your space from 9 to 5 every day next week. I'm like... Yeah, except that I'm leaving Monday morning and getting back Saturday afternoon. So it's not going to be as easy as you think. But anyway, I have a, I put a note on my neighbor's door, Julie. That's why I was hopeful that, you know, your story would be a positive one because mine turned out very positively. The new neighbor next door, Alan, I put a note on his door. I mean, I, I didn't notice this, but another neighbor told me he doesn't use one of his spaces. So left him a little note, you know, any chance I have to be gone all week, but they're working in my my space can I just stash my car in your space within like five minutes he called me and said oh sure that would be fine anytime you would like to park in my space I would be I would be happy to make that available to you so good Liz I'm glad finally you have a night that's nice, so that's, nice. What, what nice neighbor. I was just about to say that but then I you have more than one you have more than one I do I do you have many nice neighbors I'm glad things are moving in the right direction we're we're very pro-neighbor okay that's good okay so um just a couple of uh catch-ups from last week because I mentioned a few things that I was uh going to try and I wanted to give you a follow-up the the Akwazumba scenario was something that I raised last week. We talked to Julie about a number of different fitness alternatives, including the cocooning and all kinds of things. But, but I noticed that the big town pool here, city pool, um, where I live has a Saturday morning Akwazumba class. So I thought I'll give that a go. That sounds like that could be fun. So, and it was, I got to say, there were, there were several on, posts on the Facebook group that you do this, you love this. I can see why. It's super fun. Um, but here's the, here's the disadvantage to Akwazumba is that, <laughs> like, I can bear, when you're trying to move along in time to the music, I can barely move this fast, like, in the air, like, standing on the floor, you know, moving your feet that fast or moving your arms that fast. When you're in the water with all the resistance... There's just no chance you can keep up with the music. It's but, impossible. Yeah. It's, it cannot be done. It cannot and be I, done. I actually can follow along on the, <laughs> on the, in the air. I went like to two or three classes. I had to stop going because it was making me crazy that the instructor was on the side of the pool, like doing the kickball changes. And of course you can, cause you're on the side of the pool. We're in the water for God's sakes. And I couldn't keep time to the music. It was making me crazy. I had to stop going. 
Oh, see, I didn't have that problem, Liam, because that might be the disadvantage, but the advantage is nobody can see what you are doing. No one can so see. That's right. unlike being like standing on a floor, being doing the movements in the air where people can check each other out, really below your shoulders, nobody has any idea what you're doing. So it's okay. It is zippy music too. Yeah. And people usually are laughing because no one can do what the instructor's doing. Yes. In the time that she's doing it. You just yes. can't. Well, and, Liz, 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 then I think you've achieved one of your goals is to get into a aqua class with better music, right? Well, I have an update on that, Julie, too. So the not only was it better music, but the instructor, a very nice, fun guy, was giving us practically simultaneous translation into Spanish of what these songs were all about. Because <laughs> wow. Because he, he would say the whole phrase and he'd say, do you know what this means? And of course, no, nobody, no. And uh, so he was explaining us basically the love songs and what they were saying. And this one is about jealousy. And this one is about she's trying to run away. And so it was very dramatic to get the story behind the music from the instructor, you know, who was a native Spanish speaker. And so bonus points for that. Fantastic. But then, so it's sort of a Spanish tutorial in addition to... That's what he said. To, he, okay. said he said, by the end of this 45 minutes, you are going to know words that you did not know before. Oh. And, <laughs> wow. Bueno. <laughs> it was bueno. So today I went back to the, the deep water workout that I tried last Sunday that I was talking about. Major upgrade in the soundtrack there. Oh, the, good. Yes. This morning, it was basically Brazilian, which is fun, right? Yeah. That is good music. Then they moved to some sort of classic soul hits, so that's good. Um, and then the wrap-up, I mean, this must be like part of their training, like when you get certified to do any of these exercises that you must play Eye of the Tiger in your class. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fight it, Liz. Just go with it. Just go with yes, it. Yes, at that point, you're in a very good mood. So even Eye of the Tiger sounds like, wahoo, sounds great. So yeah, yeah. So that was good. So two good water water classes that I now have um, uh, access to right here in my little Santa Monica neighborhood. So I'm proud nice. of you, Liz. I'm proud. It's fun. It's yep. fun. Good shape with those deep water classes. Yes. Yeah, that makes a big difference being in the deep water. It was packed this morning. Yeah, I bet it was where you are. Yeah, yeah. And, There's and some it, real athletes in that deep water class. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and it was fun because the while we were in there, the kids are arriving for their lessons, you know, because mm -hmm. that's who gets the, the pool after us. So it was like a big group of, uh, like, I would guess seven or eight-year-old girls. And they were just appalled at what we were doing in the pool. They were all <laughs> laughing and pointing. Uh, <laughs> but, but, that, but their parents were very interested. So, uh, so that was good. And then one other catch-up. Um, I mentioned last week that Sheila and I were going to the theater last Sunday. We went to see a play called Women Laughing Alone with Salad, which – which I thought was a very funny title. It was a funny title. I yes. noticed that too. Yeah. So, so that's how I got kind of talked into that. And it was basically to make fun of how much marketing you see out there in the world that is women laughing alone with salad. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, we're all supposed to be happy with all of this self-deprivation. Self and uh, they called it a gender-bending comedy vinaigrette, inviting everyone to savor this complex recipe of desire and shame. And that's, that's pretty much, it was desire, it was shame, it was self-loathing, it was aging, distorted priorities. It was very, it was really, really funny. Um, if 
it, for instance, in the very early part of the play, there's one scene where a woman is in a fancy department store and she's buying some new anti-aging process thing. Like she obviously is just going to buy anything they're selling her. And as she's having this conversation with the uh, salesperson about anti-aging, her uterus falls to the floor. <laughs> so there okay, you go. That's laugh, pretty much, but... if that, if you're into that, uh, <laughs> Sheila was laughing so hard that the, the older ladies next to her told her to please, please be quiet. So, <laughs> yes. And then, oh, at the end of the play, Leon, they, they so reminded me of mom because, I mean, there were things, there were some very racy things in this play. So I yeah. was, I was worried about them the whole play because it seemed like it might be a bridge too far uh, for them. And so as soon as the play ended and the curtain call was over, one of them looked at the other one and just said, well, that was terrible. And it was, <laughs> you know, it was just exactly what I mom. Think that's what mom said when we took her to see Magic Mike, right? Yes. That movie. <laughs> I, can't, yes. I still can't believe that's, you took her to We that. took her that to see that. Bad, that was a bad decision. Yeah, she said, and it's... you know, because our mom would always find some other thing to complain about. She would never say there was too much sex in that. Like Magic Mike, she said, the writing in that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't aware that there was any writing in Magic Mike, <laughs> really. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was a very fun play. And, uh, we had, uh, we had a good time there, even just, even just watching the audience reacting to this. So, um, so that was, that was our little activity. It was excellent. Uh, it was good. Julie, do you have to take off? I do have to take okay. off sisters. So Lillian, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you on Tuesday. Yeah. We got a lot yeah. to, we a lot to discuss. Liz, yeah. have a good week and I'll, Thank and I'll you. have to find, find out about this pin story. Lillian. Okay. <laughs> okay. Live, it's happening. It's like it's happening live. Julie has to leave. She has to go somewhere. It's a Sunday afternoon in Dallas. She's got things to do. Yeah. Okay. But I want to hear about the Great Pin incident. All right. Well, but I have one more movie note before we move to the Great Pin incident. All right. I finally rented on the plane home. um, I rented Spotlight. Okay. And I know you enjoyed it. And I know it won the best picture. But on what planet is that the best movie? I mean, uh, like, how did that beat Star Wars? I do not understand. Do well, not understand. I thought it was a totally fine film. I thought the screenplay was excellent. I thought there was nothing cinematic about it at all. I thought it would have made an excellent HBO series. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand how that one best picture over Star Wars was, <laughs> which was two hours of cinematic entertainment. Okay, I don't well, understand that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe that Star Wars was nominated. It wasn't even nominated, Liz. So and that's I, a much bigger issue, Leon. I think is not who won, but who what the nomination process. I think you're going to have to overhaul, like the if you want all the rest of the Star Wars movies that are coming to get nominated for things, you better start now. And didn't Rachel McAdams get nominated for an Academy Award for that? Yes. What? Because she wore khakis. <laughs> and, and it's hard she, to do to dress yourself down like that. It must be because like nothing else she had to do in that movie was hard. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I enjoyed that movie a lot. I I think there are a lot of subtleties in that movie and I think it's the kind of thing that is not at its best on an airplane. You know, I okay. think that I think if you had seen that in a real theater or even in your home, you would appreciate the subtlety of the storytelling in a way that gets a little lost on an airplane. Well, I I did appreciate the script. It's just, here's the problem. There's so much good TV on now. 
You know, yeah, there's so much great true. written TV. I thought just it wasn't. I mean, the story is powerful. It's big. The way they put it together was great. The acting solid. I didn't think there was anything over the top of that. <laughs> but I just thought it's, it's not Star Wars. No, Liz. no, it's not Star Wars. Liz. It's not Star Wars. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the great pin incident. Here's the thing. You know, we, everybody in DC wears pins. Maybe you've noticed that, right? You see the president always has the pin on. There's a Uh whole language of pins there. And so I had said to my son, he was wearing, you may have noticed in the one photo we have, thank you, Cherry. Uh, (laughs) he's wearing a gray suit because, and I bought him a blue suit, Liz, but the day before we left, I went to pick up the blue suit and they couldn't find it. (gasps) You're kidding. Oh, I should have like, literally they looked for it for an hour at, at Macy's before they said, we don't know where it is. It's probably locked in the tailor shop at another Macy's in North Hollywood. So we had to get another suit and that's, they just gave us another suit for the same price of the first suit. They should have given it to you for free. I, you know, I, well, they were like, well, you can return the other suit and take this one. But the truth is he didn't want to return the other suit because it's a really nice suit. He yeah. wants to wear the other suit to the prom. So, but I said, well, there's no reason for you to have two blue suits. So we got a gray suit. So there you go. We've got the gray suit. But I have jokingly said, you know, everyone in D.C. has pins. So I said, well, you know what? And I mentioned this to our, our, our congressional intern. I was like, is there a, are there pins in the gift shop at the Capitol? And he goes, <laughs> then he explained to me the whole language of pins. He said, the congressmen have one pin. The senators have another. He oh, said, really? certain, certain congressmen have uh, created their own pins for particular things that represent their constituency. For instance, Blumenauer from the Portland area, who's all about bikes. Oh, you know, that was going to be my guess. Freedom for bike riders. He has a bike uh-huh. pin that's become kind of a collectible thing that people want to get the Blumenauer pin. So we're pretty psyched afterwards to get the pin um, at the gift shop. But of course, it was closed due to the incident. Oh, oh. so the next day we're going to the State Department and my friend Mary, who's been there several times before, said, oh, in the basement, they have a fantastic select gift shop at the State Department. I hope there's some time for us to go in there. Well, Liz, unlike the Walt Disney Company, not everything in the State Department empties out into the gift shop. We noticed (laughs) like there was no wandering around the State Department looking for the gift shop. So they need, yes, the, the, they, they need to merchandise the whole operation a little, a little bit better. Well, they also had the meanest looking Belgian Malinois I have ever seen on duty. Like this dog. Uh, would well, take, oh, a dog. I didn't yeah, know what this you dog is. That's, that's the really fancy German shepherds. The really mean looking ones are the Belgian Malinois. Oh. And this dog was ready for action. And I think he was standing in front of the gift shop door. So we did. So, oh. And then the next day we were supposed to go to the White House for a White House tour. Oh, yeah. And, and unfortunately, apparently, the president needs to use the White House occasionally. So we had set this up through a friend of a friend who works at the White House. And then he had to call and let me know that, sorry, no tours today. The, the president needs the White House. <laughs> Which, wow. Liam, so, you are totally going to have to go back. So no pen, you know, three, we three opportunities to buy a meaningful pen from someplace we've been struck out. So we're at lunch the last day and we go to a restaurant where your colleague Cherry told us to go Lincoln, which uh-huh. is. Oh, a, I've been there. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. And Colin enjoys Lincoln. So we went to Lincoln and it's kind of a modern take on Lincoln. So they have like a whole mural of Lincoln made out of pennies. It's pretty yeah. clever. 
So, and the food's good and it's, it was fun to be there at lunchtime. It's on K Street with all the lobbyists. So, but then we have to go to the airport. So we're sitting there and we had talked to the waiter a little bit and, oh, we're headed to the airport, this and that. And you know what? Where I'm signing the check and he comes over, he goes, oh, for your son, he's a Lincoln fan. Here, take my Lincoln pin. Oh. And it's just a, a Lincoln penny. It's just a, it's just a penny on a pin. It's perfect. <laughs> Got our pin. That's great. He's going to get a lot of use out of that. Yes. It's a good story. It's a good pay. It means something. Yes. No, we didn't just want to buy any pin in the airport. He's a great Lincoln penny pin. So thank you very much to that great bartender slash waiter at Lincoln. That was a great recommendation. And I, he got a big tip because I thought it was really a nice gesture. That Make, is nice. Very, very happy. So now... Eventually, when we pick up his blue suit, he'll have a blue suit and a pin. So he's ready for his career in Washington, D.C. Totally ready. Okay. Wow. What a crazy week you had. That yeah. is really amazing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And, and this Thursday, all the, all the women are here. So that will be very dramatic, too. I'm sorry I won't be here for that dinner. I will be in Washington, D.C. Darn. Well, I'm ready. I, you know, had Team Tridler on the videos, you know, I'm doing, I'm in charge of the show flow is and the production. And we were hoping to get all these highly produced videos from the state department that they showed at their event, but apparently legal put the kibosh on that. Really? Yeah. Cause we're not the state department. So they didn't want to give us their videos, which was oh too bad. So instead I have Brooks and Colin working on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go. Turning it around. We're making making the sausage here. It's us. You're only one step down from State Department level propaganda. You know how to do this stuff. I mean, your son's an art student. He knows how to to shoot and edit. He He can do that. He was whipping through stuff last night. You know, you can work in that Lincoln pin and you're going to have something really unique. For those ladies to see on Thursday night. Um, yeah. But, well, that'll be great. Okay. Well, exciting trip. Uh, you can go back another time and get into all those places. <laughs> Not on spring break. I know. Uh, the White House bummed me out, but I, I understand. Apparently, apparently the president. Apparently he does come home occasionally and yeah. need the room. Yes, apparently. Uh, apparently. All right. So you're going to D.C.? You're there all week? I'm there all week. I go tomorrow morning and I get home Saturday afternoon. Uh, and uh, yeah, got the Friday night drinks and the uh, Sunday at the LATFOB with you. Great. And I'm, I'm a keynote speaker on Saturday somewhere. And what? Oh, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> that sounds good. Looking forward to that wherever it is. No, it's in South Orange County. I'm. Yeah, so it's a busy week, busy week, so busy All right. week. Yeah, well, looking forward to that. All right, so have well, a great week. Yeah, this has been fun. Don't forget to enter our Satellite Sisters Celebration Contest. Uh, you know, we I'll put all of the details on the Satellite Sisters blog. By the way, we always do show notes that are there on the blog. Yes. So I know that a lot of you communicate with us through the Facebook page, which is fine. But if you click through on the links, it will take you to SatelliteSisters.com. And we have links to things we've talked about. We have explanations of stuff. We try to occasionally include uh, last week i mean come on the picture i posted of Bodie mcboatface <laughs> was that was a good one that all week i laughed about that all week 
Did you work there? I can't say it enough. I know. It's still funny. It's still funny. (laughs) Does not get old. Anyway, so there is a search feature too on the website. I want to remind people of because if you are looking for the first episode of Downton Gabby, if you type in Downton Gabby, it's going to come up. So that's sometimes people have asked questions on the Facebook page. Try the search feature on the website. You may be you may be surprised because we do tag stuff and because we do the show notes, uh, things actually come up. Just an FYI. Yeah, it's, it's all yeah. there just waiting for you. Oh, and one last thing, as long as we're asking for favors, if you like our show and you want to review it at iTunes, that would be really great. So subscribe at iTunes and post a review if you're, if you, if you're positively disposed, because <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really does help our uh, ranking. We have no idea what else helps our ranking, right. really, yeah. how that algorithm works, but we do know that positive reviews help. So my guess um, is if you've made it to this point in the show, you're still with us. Yes. You know, <laughs> if you didn't like the show, you would have turned it off a long time ago. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I would assume. I would uh, assume. Uh, I don't think there's any such thing as hate listening the way there is in TV. You know, there's that phenomenon they called hate watching. Uh, but uh, I, we're hoping we have no hate podcasting going on. Anyway. Um, okay. We have a big week ahead of us. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Thank you.